Welcome back to Let's Talk Sierra Vista, the city's official podcast. I'm your host, Public Information Officer Adam Curtis, and it's great to be with you once again. Today, we'll be speaking with Henry F. Hauser Museum Curator Elizabeth Rozak and Recreation Program Supervisor John Healy. Elizabeth and John have teamed up to offer the community an opportunity to step back in time and explore the history of sports in Sierra Vista. We'll talk about the new museum exhibit, Sierra Vista Sports Through the Ages, now open inside the City of Sierra Vista Sports Division, and we'll also check in on other exciting news about local history and sports. Before we get to that conversation, I'd like to share a bit about what we've been up to since our last podcast. So in September, the city premiered our 2020 Spotlight Breakfast video. If you haven't seen it yet, it's available at the city's website, www.sierravistaaz.gov, and on our City of Sierra Vista Facebook page. We poured a lot of effort into this video, which was produced in lieu of our annual State of the City event. And it covers so much important news about what we've been up to in the last year and what we have planned for the year to come. I'd like to thank everyone who watched the video already and shared how much they enjoyed it and learned from it. I'm grateful for that, and it lets us know that all the hard work was worth it. One of the things we announced in that video is our new online engagement platform powered by Bang the Table. You can check it out yourself at engage.sierravistaaz.gov. Signing up is secure and easy. It's a great place to learn about city council meetings and news, offer your input on city communications and projects, and much more. We'll be adding more to the platform over time, and we'll be getting the word out on it more in the future as well. It's your one-stop shop to stay informed, share your voice, and shape Sierra Vista. You can even share your ideas and thoughts about this podcast. So head to engage.sierravistaaz.gov to check it out. And I hope you enjoy the rest of the podcast. All right, now we're joined by Henry F. Hauser Museum Curator Elizabeth Rozak and Recreation Program Supervisor John Healy. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having us. It's great to be here. Uh, so I understand uh, you two teamed up to bring the community the new museum exhibit, Sierra Vista Sports Through the Ages. Uh, it's hosted over at the City Sports Division. Uh, tell us a little bit about how this project came about. So about six to eight months ago, um, we were cleaning out the city's old West End property that used to house its fleet and recycling center mm -hmm. over by Sears Center Park. And during that clean out, we found boxes of binders that had been or categorized um, with pictures of sports and events that, you know, went back to the 1990s, 80s, and 70s. Um, and we brought those over the sports division. Um, they then sat for another couple months and, you know, I asked Elizabeth to come over to the sports division one day. Um, I think reluctantly she came over because she knew that, you know, I had this squirrely idea. Um, and, but she did, she came over and we talked and, you know, Elizabeth took it, took it from there, took all the binders and created what, what exhibit is in there today. Yeah, well, let's just say John tricked me. <laughs> he said, oh, come over. I have a squirrely idea. And I was like, is it to give me a bunch of stuff I have to catalog for the museum? He's like, yeah, just come on by. <laughs> so that was really the inspiration and where it got started. Um, that and John had an idea, maybe I'll blow up some pictures. And I was like, maybe we'll do an exhibit. And yeah, so that was really kind of the inspiration. Mm -hmm. Started with those binders, though. Yeah, tell us a little bit about kind of what you found as you searched through this stuff and kind of some of the highlights or, or favorite items uh, you discovered. 
Well, with the binders, it was really cool. It was a lot of the uh, like late 90s um, softball pictures from adult softball, which is fun. Mm-hmm. But once we started looking for, through our archives for sports artifacts and items, I mean, we have so much in there. So that was a lot of fun. I think uh, some of my favorite things randomly were the Vista Lanes bowling pictures and mm-hmm. artifacts from there. They're just so retro and... Everyone's got feathered hair. Like, I don't know why. I was really kind of enamored with those in particular, which is random. But um, there were a lot of great things. Then when we get to the present, there was a little curatorial bias because I definitely ended the exhibit with the Avengers special needs sports team that I coach. And I thought that would be really cool for these kids to get to come and see themselves in this exhibit. So... Awesome. That is really cool. What, what is that sports team, just real quick? Well, it's um, started by Michelle Henretta, who taught special needs. And she created a sports league for kids with all kinds of different special needs. So, I mean, just really across the board. If anyone wants to find out more, you can look them up on Facebook. Uh, we are always looking to recruit more kids. And really, almost any kind of special need that you have, we can work with on that team. All the kids are so different. They're all on so many different levels um, functioning, but it's it's so fun. It's a really great way to get them out and create some camaraderie, camaraderie between them and make new friends. It's oh, so fun. Awesome. That's really cool. And then, uh, John, I know you've been involved in city sports for a long time. Uh, share a little bit about your history with the city and involvement in local sports, and then also kind of what it was like for you to kind of dig through this little bit of uh, sports history. Sure. I found the exhibit really, really exciting. Um, someone who was a military brat growing up and, you know, moved all over the place and then, you know, kind of set ground here when my dad retired out here. Um, I went to Buena and graduated in 2000. Um, one of the really neat things from the exhibit that we were able to put in there was a signed ball from a local athlete who turned pro in baseball and his name was Donald Beal. He graduated in 2003 and he went on to play for the Pittsburgh Pirates, the Atlanta Braves, um, and the New York Yankees. Um, you know, surprisingly now he's a professional scout for the New York Yankees. So that was really interesting to see that in there. I had never um, heard of him. That's actually really cool. Yeah. So there's a signed ball from Donald Beald in there. There's picture or there's a junior varsity or junior high school or yeah, junior high school letters from, you know, a city employee from back in probably, you know, who knows, 70s, 60s, uh, Marty Jones. Um, mm-hmm. And there's pictures of old rodeos and, and flyers from like 1980s little leagues. So that was unique to see for me, for someone who's grown up here. Um, a little bit about m- myself and my, you know, growth into sports here in Sierra Vista. Um, as I said, I graduated high school and then I came to work for the city. I was a lifeguard and then transferred into the sports division. So in the late 90s and early 2000s, I actually worked here um, and I was a part of a lot of, lot of the events that we were able to look back on when we found the binders and actually went through them to old Oktoberfest flyers where we put tournaments on coinciding with Oktoberfest and and so on and so forth. So there was a lot of unique things that, you know, really, really, you know, excited me about what we found. That's awesome. And I'll put in a quick plug for my favorite item in the exhibit. (laughs) Uh, It's the uh, Joint Services Club uh, disc. Uh, It has their print on it. Uh, It's back when uh, they helped fund the uh, disc golf course in Sierra Vista, which I think was like 2010, 2009, right about when I moved to town. 
Um, and I'm a big disc golf fan and player, uh, so it was super fun to see a course established here. Um, and I think uh, 18 different members of that services club actually sponsored a whole each um, and then paid for the installation of that course. No, oh, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah, I love that that's your favorite because a lot of people have asked me, they're like, what, what's this? Why, why this? Like, covering everything. Yeah, usually when I tell people play uh, that I play disc golf, they say, disco? You dance yeah. disco? And I'm like, no, frisbee golf. Yeah. So, yeah, no one no one knows about it still. It feels like it's kind of under the radar, but um, a lot more people are playing it. And uh, it's fun to fun to see awareness of the sport growing a little bit. No, I think of that along with like bowling airfield is one of the like the you know, not well-known mm. activities that we have here in town. Yep, and that course is on 7th Street uh, on the northeast corner of 7th Street and Golf Links, uh, and it's free to play out there, and you can just Google uh, disc golf discs and get a starter pack and just go out there and start playing. Uh, it's super easy to learn, and it's a lot of fun. Um, so bridging over to another topic, uh, this is an example of an offsite exhibit that the museum is putting together. Um, and Elizabeth is the new curator of the Henry F. Hauser Museum. Um, and I've noticed you've got a lot of interesting ideas and you're doing a lot of videos and other kind of new, new kinds of engagement. Uh, talk a little bit about your approach to showcasing local history and kind of how, how you want to kind of help bring that to maybe a broader audience. Well, yes, I think it's really important, especially in this day and age to look at the display of public history in a different way and to reach people where they're at. Mm -hmm. So with a lot of my educational videos and different programming that I'm doing virtually, you know, I'm really looking to reach out to a younger crowd and to different demographics within that crowd and to reach them where they're at, which is on social media. Mm -hmm. And so um, we've had really great responses to that. Um, surprisingly, I've done some that I really thought would target like Millennial guys, a lot of artifact restoration, and it turns out a lot of my big audience there is actually women 35 to 44 years old. So mm -hmm. that's always interesting to look at. But I like to do that and then to bring, um, like with the exhibit in the sports division, it's really great because now you're reaching a different demographic. It's people who are interested in sports but wouldn't necessarily go into a museum. Right. So you can bring that to them there and maybe incite some of that intrigue and interest. And then also then you have, like, today I had a gentleman come into the museum, and I said, oh, it's closed, but you can go view this exhibit at the sports division. Mm -hmm. So now that brings him over to the sports division to be able to see what John has to offer over there. So I think that's really important. And then also moving forward, though, I have some other different um, kind of innovative and unique ideas on how to bring our history out in the public, whether it's working with other departments in the future, like parks. And then... Um, other projects that are based off of some of the uh, freshest ideas in history and what is the most effective way to communicate your community's history in public spaces, which I won't go into now because I haven't even pitched it yet to my boss. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, we're excited to see how that turns out and see more cool ideas coming in the future. Uh, one thing that I know you're working on, and we don't know exactly when it will be arriving and all installed, but uh, we were notified recently that uh, we will be the host of the... Discovering Exoplanets exhibit that was developed by the Space Science Institute, Institute's National Center for Interactive Learning in partnership with NASA's Universe of Learning. Uh, so talk a little bit about that exhibit um, and kind of uh, one of the, I guess we have a local partnership as well to kind of complement some of the things that we'll be hosting as, far as, as part of that exhibit. Yeah, so we're really excited about it. We weren't sure if we were going to get it. Um, originally, it was supposed to come the end of July, but with COVID, everything was stalled. Mm -hmm. And then it could only go up to 2021. And so we weren't even sure if it was going to come, but other people started dropping out and say, oh, we can't do it, we can't do it. And so we're able to get it. It's 
supposed to ship, hopefully, <laughs> next Wednesday on October 21st. So uh, we do not have an opening date yet because things have been so fluid. Mm -hmm. But it's a really exciting exhibit. It's a national traveling exhibit. And one of the really big ideas behind it is how NASA is finding habitable worlds in our own stellar neighborhoods. Mm -hmm. So exoplanets are those planets that uh, revolve around other stars that aren't in our solar system. And we've got some really interesting educational programming coming out along mm -hmm. with that. The museum will not be doing in-person programming, but I did go out and with our digital media specialist at Library and Leisure Services, Ben Torsdale, Torsdale, we did go out to Patterson Observatory, who's been a huge partner with us in our companion exhibit going around that. Mm -hmm. And we shot um, at least three to four videos worth of programming. And some of them are just really exciting, you know, not only highlighting the history of the observatory and what it does for our community, but also talking about uh, with a, one of the amateur astronomers, Tom Kay, who actually him and another gentleman discovered an exoplanet. And he talks about how amateur astronomers help professional astronomers mm -hmm. in doing those things and to discovering those and then having the professionals look at them and that kind of interesting partnership and the science behind it. So we're really excited about a lot of that programming coming out. And then a lot of the artifacts that we have been loaned from Patterson's Observatory and the Wachuca Astronomers Club, who have been working very closely with their director, Ted Forte. Mm -hmm. um, I get to play with meteorites in my office. <laughs> That's awesome. Like, yeah, I put my little museum gloves on. I'm like, this is 4.6 <laughs> billion years old. Like, I'm not even a space nerd, but I was really nerding out in there. Yeah, Just yeah. like, oh my gosh. Yeah, it's, it's funny. My dentist in town, he's retired now, but um, uh, Schrader, that was his last name, but he actually hunts for meteorites and he'd have them on display in his office. And yep. it was one of the first things I learned about coming here as a reporter. I was still an intern, I think, but one of the first things I covered was a local star party and I had never heard of a star party or anything like that but we have tons of amateur astronomers living here because of our dark skies and particularly in like the Palominas Hereford areas we literally have multi-million dollar private observatories in these people's backyards where they discover exoplanets and do this incredible amateur research and it's just um, one of the first things I learned about this community and just something you never really think about you know it's just it's amazing to kind of find that here. Yeah, so do, we really do have a great uh, amateur astronomers kind of infrastructure and the clubs and the support they have and partnerships with NASA and other really huge institutes. Mm -hmm. So I'm um, really excited about some of the stuff we're getting from them, um, cool telescopes. And we've got stuff, of course, with the history, the old mm -hmm. blueprints of the observatory, the original ones that had two domes, and then, um, you know, some different images and things from the groundbreaking so that's been really exciting. I'm um, looking forward to starting to install that uh, mm -hmm. tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, we will definitely share more news as we know more about when that exhibit will open. It will be hosted both at the Henry F. Hauser Museum and then with a companion piece of it over at the Sierra Vista Public Library, uh, either in its lobby. Right now, only the lobby is open. So exactly where stuff will be and everything will be kind of subject to the, the time frame when it all happens. Yes, Erica is looking at multiple different spaces to put it out and whereas with the museum it's pretty easy to create a plan especially with COVID on cleaning which is great because all of the components were being sent you can clean with the Clorox wipe okay. so it's gonna you know that part of it's easy and for the museum it's easy because it's all in one space the people come in in one space and I can you know wait we have a good plan to keep that up mm -hmm. and I know Erica's working really hard on where she's going to put hers whereas before it was going to be a little more spaced out now she's saying no we have to be able to keep an eye on this and keep it clean and yeah so, yeah, that's all fluid, but they're doing some great things there as well, and they will be doing some limited 
small events in person with theirs. And then also some virtual programming as well. Cool. Yeah, well, stay tuned for more news on all that. And uh, so just like COVID has impacted the museum and just about anything any of us does, uh, it's all also impacted the sports sports world for the city. And just last year, we had uh, uh, done the ribbon cutting in April for the new sports division and kind of placed a, a greater emphasis on customer service designated to the local sports clubs and players and all that. Um, so, John, if you could talk a little bit about um, kind of the idea behind starting the sports division and kind of where we were moving and then also how COVID probably threw a wrench into some of those plans and then how you've adapted since then. Sure. Well, I mean, sports has a rich history in this town and this town is definitely, you know, a sporting town, period. Mm-hmm. Um, we have over 300, you know, kids in, you know, numerous sports leagues throughout the years. Um, with the city, historically, sports has been, you know, tucked underneath the aquatics umbrella. And, you know, in Parks and Recreation, it used to be called Sports and Aquatics. Well, a couple of years ago, um, it was kind of like the perfect time to put more emphasis, like you said, on sports in the community and, you know, give it the the attention, you know, that it deserved. Um We split out sports from aquatics and we were able to build, you know, a separate division within, you know, leisure and library services to, you know, place that emphasis that sports needed. I mean, we have over 15 sports fields um, between two different locations and two years ago, three years ago um, with the, you know, agreement with the school district, we started maintaining um, the Rothery Center mm-hmm. sports complex that we, you know, ended up purchasing not too long ago. Um, and with that needed, you know, a, a dedicated staff to be able to hold, you know, that to the to hold that property and the sports fields in general to a level of standard that, you know, the, the citizens deserve. So, you know, the sports division was born and it was perfect timing. Um, the teen center was being relocated to the library mm-hmm. and the services being run out of there. And we, we were able to, to move into, to the teen center and, and repurpose that as a sports division. Right. So now right on the Rothery sports complex, there's a building to serve all sports needs. Um, we were able to host, you know, our basketball program pre-COVID uh, out at the Rothery Gym. We were able to put on programs and services for three to five-year-olds on the basketball court out back on the sports field um, that's right next door um, and work on expanding, you know, opportunities to the community. Um, and the sports division, the building itself pre-COVID was open to reservations for sports leagues. Um, We host all of our um, leagues that we have agreements with. They can come in and do a meeting once a month for like their their monthly board meetings at no cost. Mm -hmm. Um, We did birthday parties out of there. We've done church services out of there. So kind of like a, you know, a great all-in-one type building to be able to serve sports and other you know, functions in the community. Right. Um, many of our sports leagues have agreements with us that we, you know, are able to book out mm-hmm. so they can have practice fields available to them throughout the entire season. Um, we partner with many of our league or our sports leagues. We were able to partner with the Coronado Athletic or Coronado Sports Club two years ago to provide 
indoor soccer or futsal to the community. Yep, and that was run out of both uh, the Rothery Gym and JCMS with the school district. Um, we expected a good turnout, but two years ago we had over 200 kids oh, wow. sign up for the program. That's awesome. So not only did we have to use both gyms, we had to use a basketball court out back and then turn the tennis court into a futsal court. So we were able to use the Rothery Educational Center, you know, to provide, you know, excess, you know, fields to right. be able to do that right and then uh what, what sorts of stuff are you able to do kind of right now uh with the city's current current posture so right now we're you know in a i guess constrained adult softball program mm -hmm. um we have a lot of covid uh restrictions on that program where teams can only you know come out and play there's no spectators they can't bring anyone with them um but we do have an adult softball program going on we hope to start a youth basketball program here in January, uh, COVID dependent. Uh, we're working on the plans for that right now. And hopefully, you know, our numbers stay that we'll be able to offer that to the community as well. Absolutely. And I know um, pickleball has kind of taken off. We expanded the, the courts over by the Oscar Rune Community Center. We converted the tennis courts into ultimately eight pickleball courts, I believe. Um, and then um, they hosted a big tournament recently too, didn't they? They did. And, yeah. and one of the big, big things for our town and, you know, for the council and, you know, Leisure and Library Services is tourism and bring mm -hmm. and using sports as an avenue to bring people into the, t into the community. Right. Um, well, in the last three months, uh, we were able to host over 65 teams in four tournaments, uh, softball tournaments, mm -hmm. and then host service's first ever pickleball tournament. Mm -hmm. uh, they had over 120 people registered in 170 events. Um, it went over three days on the eight courts. Um, and I have to give a plug out to Bisbee Vogue, who, you know, helped us and donated money to be able to resurface those courts into pickleball courts. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and in this kind of, you know, weird, weird era of COVID, um, you know, being outside is a, is a great thing. And it, it kind of enables you to, to be a little safer and do some of the activities we want to do. So some of Absolutely. those outdoor sports seem to be flourishing, uh, even amid all, all the challenges. Um, and I'll put in my plug for disc golf again. It's a great socially distancing <laughs> sport uh, and it's free to play and it is outdoors. Um, but anyway, I encourage everyone to check out uh, the Sierra Vista Sports Through the Ages exhibit by visiting the Sports Division, and that's open Monday through Friday between 10 a.m. and 5 p.m. Uh, do you remember the address off the top of your head, John? Yeah, absolutely. The Sports Division is located at 3401 East Fry Boulevard. Awesome. And if anyone has any questions about local sports, they can call 520-515-4999. And uh, the museum is actually closed right now as Elizabeth works on the next exhibit, the, the Exoplanets exhibit that will be coming up. Um, but uh, definitely also check out the, the sports exhibit in the meantime because it is well, well worth uh, your time. And. Let me just plug, John has a really fun building, so it's worth going and checking it out. There's, I do there's have pinball. Really pinball and pool and air hockey, and hopefully when, you know, we get through the COVID um, pandemic that we can open that back up to our birthday parties and reservations. Yeah, it's a fun. I had to bring my kids in a few times, and uh, they had a blast. 
Absolutely. So you guys don't want to miss out. Definitely check that out. Um, and thank, thank you both, Elizabeth and John, for joining us today. It was great to speak with you. No, I had a great time. Thank you very much. Yes, thank you, Adam. Happy to come back anytime. Thank you for listening to another episode of Let's Talk Sierra Vista. We plan on getting back to our regular schedule and look forward to sharing another podcast with you in two weeks. As always, you're invited to share your comments, ideas, or questions by emailing pod at sierravistaaz.gov. That's pod, P-O-D, at sierravistaaz.gov. We'd love for you to join the conversation. Take care, everybody.